Welcome to the first edition of Never Sleeps Network's Ross Never Sleeps. It's been a long time coming, a few years now, of trying to get the right people to come in and talk to us about their passions, whether it be comedy, art, music, food. It's been a real pleasure getting to talk to a lot of interesting people in Toronto and the surrounding area, and it's been a real honor, and I am very, very fortunate to be launching this series. I want to thank everybody for listening to the first episode of Ross Never Sleeps, featuring comedian Paul Beer. If I say something wrong or, you know, there's no, there's not a lot of strict rules yeah. that are going to definitely, you know, make this less professional. You know what I mean? Like when you listen to like, this is Alec Baldwin right. on NPR, <laughs> yeah. you know, like that yeah. guy is getting paid a lot of dough or not. Who right. knows yeah, if it's yeah, a personal project, yeah. but it, it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of editors and, and a lot of producers here. I, I we, we were very much like Mark Marin in the sense that if I don't prepare a lot and it goes really, really well, it's like, fuck, I'm amazing yeah, at really, this. Well, yeah, yeah, but if yeah. I prepare and uh, it goes shit, then it's just like, oh, it's because I prepared. And that's yeah. obviously the reason why. And this is my preparation. I'll write like sticky notes like like 15 minutes before you come. I'll like look you up or, or I'll Facebook you or, yeah. or something and see the connections to us or anything. But that's really, I really want, especially meeting you. This is the first time Paul and I, we've been talking for a while, but it's the yeah. first time we're actually formally getting together. I feel that, again, Gary wanted us in the same room for a reason and, and this is definitely it. So I, I want you to tell me about um uh pitchcast inspiration yeah is that is that, is that the pitchcast is is the one i was thinking of but i was looking up this other one that i that i recognize i just got a rulers of the universe oh yeah 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 that's the uh that's the sketch troupe that um that uh i was in up until recently i'm no longer no longer there and i'll tell you what it is a juicy juicy story it's not really a juicy story it's uh yeah so that's that's a sketch troupe and that that came out of um there was a, a theater or comedy group that – or comedy uh, – um, a, a would-be comedy empire. You're talking about the way that Gary's built sort of a little empire for himself. That sounds patronizing. This little empire. This Gary's. little empire. Now it's two two theaters. They just opened up the Bad Dog Theater like just down the street um, from Comedy Barn. Um, but uh, – And he's got Baltic Avenue. Well, that's what Baltic Avenue has um, – from what I understand, is is now the Bad Dog, now Bad Dog Theater. So, but Baltic Avenue was like the bar um, at and, Bad Dog. Yeah, and yeah, now it now it's a, there's like a theater, like it's improv and that sort of thing there. Um, anyway, so this is uh, let's call it three years ago. Um, um, I auditioned along with a bunch of other people for um, this theater company called Vanguard. Uh, that, that was starting up and they were going to put together like improv teams and sketch teams. And it was very, very ambitious. And, uh, and there was gonna, there was going to be a, there was going to be like a physical theater, a location for it. And, um, so it was like, um, Saturday Night Live audition where you had to come in with like your characters and, um, maybe a couple of impressions and that sort of thing. That sounds intense. Did you... Do you remember what you did? I did. Um, 
I, I, I tried to do, cause this was around, we could figure out the date of this because this was around when the whole, um, Conan O'Brien was being unseated by, um, Jay Leno again, like okay. when, when that, when that was all going on. So I was like, okay, I'm, I, I don't do a lot of impressions, but I was going to do, um, Jay Leno impression. And, uh, so I was like watching Leno clips, um, to give you an idea of the kind of sacrifices I made to, to get this, I, uh, watched a bunch of Jay Leno clips and he, uh, and I started doing it and it sounded like, um, it, it, it sounded like, um, less like Jay Leno and more, um, like Truman Capote, uh, <laughs> And I thought you were going to say more like Conan O'Brien. More like and Conan O'Brien. <laughs> if someone how could ironic do, that if, was. I remember there was somebody on Saturday Night Live a couple of years ago that did a that did a Conan O'Brien impression. Uh, but it was I can't even I can't remember who it was. But it was all just it was all physical, like it was just the string dance sure. and that sort of thing. Because his voice would be I, somebody's somebody will do it. Like somebody will figure it out. That's the great thing with impressions. Is like you don't even know what that person sounds like until somebody does an impression of them. And you're like, Oh, of course. That's My exactly. favorite thing is when a good impersonator breaks down and dissects the impression yeah. for you and yeah. tells you, well, you got to talk hop on like this or you do yeah. Yeah, the yeah. worst that uh, Jay Leno. That was, <laughs> that was the beginning of my yeah. Jay Leno pr- impression, but I love it if, when people dissect it and you see the, the sheer brilliant, yeah. you got to ho- puff your chest. You got to hold your head a certain way. Yeah. Or there's like a phrase or something that, that, right. that they'll keep going back to. And uh, like, I was thinking about this recently because uh, for a horrible reason because of um um Robin Williams uh um uh, his death recently and um I was thinking of when I saw Jimmy Fallon when he was on Saturday Night Live doing a, a Robin Williams impression and it was it was on Celebrity Jeopardy and you know how they go through they're like oh here's so and so I I can't remember who the other people were but then it was like and here and Robin Williams I remember thinking in that like five seconds before he said anything i was like well what's what does a robin williams impression sound like like he does all these these kind of voices but then it was just like the yes here we are yes oh yes like that and you're like oh that's it that's exactly what robin williams does that's exactly great great impression and it didn't make it like it 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 was hard to imagine before that person does it and you're like well that's it anyway all that to say is i did a terrible jay leno impression that sounded like truman capote and so i think the bit i turned it into was um uh, here's Truman Capote hosting the Tonight Show. <laughs> so what I done, I I like, I I can't remember if I, um, and this is not me covering myself. This is I can't remember if I wrote like Jay Leno monologue jokes or if I just stole actually like real Jay Leno monologue oh, jokes wow. to do. So it'd be like, hey Kevin, did you hear about this one? Um, <laughs> now it sounds more like now it's Truman totally Capote. Capote. Like, did you hear about this one? Um, uh, it's something about the tea party or something like that. They're like, where are you? Where are they getting this tea? Starbucks. And it was like, anyway, so there was that. I did a job. Like Kevin, always referring to Kevin. This is how long ago, too, because he's not on the show anymore. It's like, or he wasn't on the show. Way Kevin, to date your Jay Kevin, Leno impression. Kevin, you make. Yes, there's somebody out there. Yeah, Kevin liked that one. Um, and it was, uh, and then there was um, uh, Jeff Goldblum. I did Jeff Goldblum, who was like picking up your, picking up your, or trying to steal your girlfriend away from you. Uh, very plausible situation too yeah exactly because my 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 girlfriend at the time now my wife thank you very much um thanks jeff goldblum thanks jeff going for not stealing her away Seriously. from me uh I, I remember her being like oh you say like he's a sexy man that's a sexy man you have a goldblum vibe 
Thank you. Thank you. I, well, I, uh, she's almost an indirect exactly. compliment. I'm getting, you. she's getting the poor man's Jeff. Like, wow. she's only, she's only with me until Jeff Goldblum comes along. You're also like half his age. Yeah, exactly. I'm half his age. I'm almost his height. I think he's, I think he's, yeah, you guys are, I, I I'm, no joke. You guys are like, you're like a young Jeff Goldblum. Paul. Here's the question Have I modeled myself on Jeff Goldblum since the days of, uh, uh, Jurassic Park? And, um, I'm more of a big chill. Yeah, Jeff yeah. kind of guy. That's the guy who's stealing your girlfriend. Yeah, that that's definitely the guy who's stealing your girlfriend. That that. Um, do you know yeah. what his shtick is right now? Do you know what he does? What does he do? He is a jazz pianist. What he plays in? I think it might be Brooklyn, but somewhere in Manhattan, in New York, he plays like a weekly show. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> let's go. Porter, take a quick flight out there. No joke, Shout he plays like a Porter. weekly <laughs> jazz. He plays traditional standards. He's very talented. He plays the piano quite well. He sings. Long finger, sure. Yeah, I know. He's a talented guy all around. But no joke, people come because of his, you know, Hollywood fame. But they go and they're like, you know what? Jeff Goldblum is a performer. He's, he's got, got the chops. chops. Yeah. So does he, he sings? Does he tell stories and stuff you, as well? You got it. Like everything you want Jeff Goldblum to do. He does it. He does. He was just recently on uh, Jimmy Fallon with um, – I'm looking it up real quick. He's the best talk show guest. Like he – He's so like uh, when he's on Conan and stuff like that. He's so funny and it's so it's so bizarre. And it was actually those talk show appearances that I would watch and I would try to figure out the way he talked. And so he was on Fallon in 2010 ish area. Um, Are you saying ten tennish or tennis? Tennish, tennis. <laughs> and Biz Marquis was on. And oh, I think I saw this. You saw I think this. I saw this. And he and he did uh, 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 just, a, just friend a friend. Yeah, with yeah. Biz Marquis. But the only problem is they cut the co- to commercial. Before Bismarcky could just do, oh baby, Ooh. like I wanted to hear like Bismarcky rap to that as well, right, yeah. but like Goldblum was just like every intro line, and he was playing the piano with kind of the roots and Bismarcky there. That is just like it shows you the guy can play. He can play, yeah. But not even that, but he. I think it's a weekly show. Maybe it's bi-weekly or something. But you Good could go him. to New York right now and see Jeff Goldblum perform. That's like when you hear about that, what's his name? Um, what's his name? Woody Allen uh, <laughs> plays clarinet or whatever. Like, in like a, jazz in a, yeah, clarinet. In a, but in a, he's got, he, it's the same kind of thing. He's got a weekly show at the, yeah. at the crowd. And I think that he's been doing it for years and that people would come and they'd be like, oh, we're going to see Woody Allen. Like, But he's just playing, he's like a part of a band. Just yeah, playing he doesn't clarinet. say anything. <laughs> he's not like, he's like, and for my next discussion about this movie, right, you yeah, know, like yeah. he's playing, a, it's his outlet, right? Like yeah. if you're a big enough fan, you'll go see him or if you're, you like the nostalgia or whatever. But like, I mean, you have to understand these are people. Yeah. You know, and just, they have their own, they have their own stuff. You know, just like we podcast, Woody yeah. Allen shoves a big piece of wood in his mouth. Right. And Goldblum plays the piano. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, these guys need outlets just like we do. Mm-hmm. To, you know, and then they go home and roll in their money. And Sure, yeah. Yeah. And um, have inappropriate relationships. See, both of them probably do. Probably. Yeah. I, think, I think Goldblum's engaged to a, a much, much younger woman. God bless him. I mean, he doesn't look that bad for like six. I think he takes care. I think he takes care of himself. That's my understanding. It's probably all that jazz between the two of them, jazz and younger women. I want to see that. I want to see that band. I want to see the two of them in a band. Well, I think we should plan a week, Paul, where we go see Woody Allen and Jeff Goldblum in the same. Week. Let's do it. Let's figure out what those date what those dates are. I don't think that's. And- I don't think that's not like I. I think it's possible. I think we could pull that off quite yeah. easily. Uh, two things. I feel like. 
okay, more on point. I feel like Jeff Goldblum is living. He, I feel like he lives, and this could be an illusion. I feel like he lives the life of a celebrity that you would hope that person lived. Do you know what I mean? It's and like, like Bill Murray does. You're like, yeah, Bill Murray uses his, his celebrity and his, and his gifts or whatever to, to go around and make people's day. And, right. and it just like, just has, has, you know, has, has fun. Um, and you, you kind of get the sense that Goldblum does like, he obviously has enough money. He's not a good, is he, is he, he's, he's acting, he's working a lot, you know, he's in, he's probably on he, stage too. Yeah, they're theater. probably on stage. They probably do talk shows. Or yeah. I mean, they, he, he, uh, Woody Allen he's great. does nothing. Yeah, but Woody Allen doesn't. I had some clarinet. other point about Woody Allen I was going to make that I can't remember what it was. They're both Jewish. Yes. Yes. That's the artistic side of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else was They're I They're both circumcised. Presumably. I would think so. Look it up. Check on the internet. Um, I presume. I presume they both I have know. glasses that kind of define who they oh, are right I, now. I know what it was. I was nice going to say. Good. I was waiting for me to help you I, get that out. That was, that's what I was I, I was going to say, has, has, like, they, seem like such a, they seem like such a good mix or um, um, they would mesh together well. Has I was going to say, has Jeff Goldman been in a Woody Allen movie? No. But of course, yeah, he has. He was, in, uh, he was in Annie Hall. He had like two lines in Annie Hall. Oh, yeah. He's the, I forgot, I forgot the mantra. Yeah, yeah. He was in it for, but that was you know thirty five like years actor ago. Actor, yeah, he it? was like an L.A. actor guy. Right, he had two lines. right. That's hilarious. Yeah. Full yeah, circle. Full circle. But he should he should show up again. He should. Um, he reuses actresses. Yes, not very le- much so leading men, no. but he's got like Sofia Varga, like Vergara or Varga that yeah. she, in her new his new movie. That I feel like is a stretch. He doesn't usually is very white, very blonde. White. Yeah. yeah, you know, l- lately it's been Charlize Theron. Charlize, no, um, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I always yeah. get them confused. Those two. Sure. Um, the other woman he's always using in his movies, uh, Owen Wilson. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous. He was so good as that Woody Allen stand-in in um, what's it called? Um, Midnight in Paris. Was that what it called? Midnight in Paris. Yeah, yeah I get yeah, confused because yeah. he just came out with another movie called like Moonlight in something, <laughs> you know, Magic in Moonlight or something. <laughs> um, it, it, you're thinking of? Uh, I think it just came out. Shanghai Nights. That's that's, that's what, what I'm what thinking it was. of. I'm thinking yeah. of Shanghai Nights, the yeah. Woody Allen film Shanghai Nights. That's <laughs> um, just Woody Allen in China eating Chinese food. He should with work. Owen he should work with uh, Jackie Chan. Get Jackie Chan in one of his definitely. Movies. Well, I mean, Sofia Varga. Like, I, and I hope I'm not butchering her name too much. Um, the voluptuous woman from Modern Family. From Modern Family. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, so I feel like that's like the most like ethnic woman he's had in a long time in his movies. Yeah, I um, unless you can't Jewish or somebody plays the maid or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that. Yeah, that that would probably be it. But um, back to what were we talking about? Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. Oh yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah, so the rulers of the universe. So I I, I auditioned <laughs> okay, for this thing yes. and I got it. I wanted to start with rulers of, of the universe before we moved into what you're currently working on. Yeah. Yeah. So um we uh so. Uh, yeah, so uh, we were sort of thrown together. Like, it was a big group, too. So we were thrown together, and it was like, it was going to be this big, um, we were going to perform under the banner of um, Vanguard Theater. I think what he wanted to do, he being Mark Katoya, is the guy's name, wanted to do was sort of create overnight like a UCB. You know, like, he wanted to, he wanted to sort of, 
uh, catch up, you know, like he wanted to, so there'd be like five sketch troops and like five improv who would be performing regularly, five, five improv groups would be, I'm, I'm guessing on these numbers. UCB is Upright Citizen Citizens Brigade. Brigade. That's a, a very famous New York comedy troupe. I guess you call them troupe, but they have a couple locations throughout the Manhattan area. Yeah. And there's one in LA and it was, um, uh, uh, Amy Poehler and Matt Walsh and, uh, Ian Besser and, um, I'm forgetting somebody else. And, um, yeah, so they, they, they started this and like every funny person now you hear about has come out of UCB, either East Coast or West Coast. And, uh, um, based on improv, it's sort of like the new, Second city, like it's the second city of the. But I feel like it was a little bit more natural upbringing, where this vanguard seems a little bit more forced. Yeah, it was like, like I said, he was trying to catch up. And to, to his credit, um, even though the whole thing crashed and burned, to his credit, he, um, Mark, uh, brought in people like right away to have. He brought in, he brought in the Upright Citizens Brigade. He brought in the ones that he could get, uh, who were not. So to to do a show and and do workshops um he got in people from um writers from uh saturday night live uh from the colbert rapport to come because there really wasn't that kind of thing happening where you can have you can do like a workshop with these people um and uh so for a while there things were looking great but then everything so that as i said there was a bunch of improv groups and a bunch of sketch groups and then uh things kind of Things kind of fell apart, and the theater never happened, and um, all sorts of all sorts of drama and that sort of thing. And we decided to, as a group, we we all we all got along really well, and uh, and and worked well together. Um, I mean, as I said, it was a really large group for for a sketch group. It was really large to begin with. Um, so the um, two people who are now the Templeton Philharmonic, who are um, Brianna Templeton and Gwen Phillips, were in the group. And um, uh, anyway. Um, we decided to like stick it out and just try to tr- try to keep doing it. And uh, there's still going. R- Rulers of the Universe is still going. Uh, minus me. <laughs> a couple or, or one in particular that I really think is 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 quite funny. From uh, do you have a short form? Do you call it R O I Rulers? We would rulers, just say rulers. Yeah. Rulers. Also, we were given that name, and there was there was talk about changing it, but we decided to we decided to to stick with it. I really like Jeremy Woodcock. Jeremy Woodcock is is unbelievably hilarious. He yeah. is spot on. Yeah, I think he, was he doing stuff with the Skechersons too? Yeah, he's he's in the Skechersons. He's in Rulers of the Universe. Um, talented guy, extremely extremely talented. He's now written for um, uh, Twenty Two Minutes and uh, Just for Laughs and stuff oh, like wow, that. Good like for him. he's he's yeah, and these are young guys too. Yeah, like these, yeah, I mean you included. These guys are like barely thirty. Yeah, yeah. I guess Jeremy is. I don't know how old he is. Thirty. Um, and, um, I'm the old, I'm 32, so I'm the old man in the group. In fact, I had to miss one of our first shows that we did. Um. Cause you're physical. Cause just because, uh, yeah, yeah. Just cause I had to go to the doctor, get a bunch of things checked out. Um, make sure the hip was the, the prostate was still, uh, working. And it is not. <laughs> uh, no, I had to miss because I was getting married, I, or I was like, oh, I had to miss. Real I had adult to miss, shit. I had to miss. Like we did a show. We used to do. Uh, we did a couple of shows at uh, what's it called the Blue Moon Pub or whatever, which is on Qu- Queen East, right, right near. Right, it was right across the street from Jilly's. Um, and uh, rest, rest in peace. In peace. <laughs> <laughs> we both actually just do that. Uh, for those who do not know. 
uh, Julie's was a gentleman's club, uh, not unlike Fillmore's. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely never never stepped in either of them. No, no, no. no I don't think anybody I, has, which is why uh, R.I.P. in the near future. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a farewell for the two guys I still go. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure they do. And um, the, they roll out the buffet. I remember hearing that they had a buffet there and just being horrified. Isn't horrified. that the ultimate, though, strip club joke? You Like, you go to the go to for the women, stay for the buffet. The Buffet, hey, all yeah. you can eat. Nothing like just open chafing dishes of yeah. like just just like right at that peak f- festering yeah. uh, temperature, just like keeping it incubating. Who's the chef there? That it, like because every chef for the most part is really you know proud of their food. How proud must that chef have been? Yeah, well, it's actually uh, um, <laughs> I can't even do the show because I've never said his name out loud. Ferran Adria is that his name from El Bulli in Spain? Anyway, I started in on that joke and then I realized I had never said this person's name out loud. <laughs> I should have picked a, a famous chef. You would know who's a famous. Uh, it's Cersei Lee. Cersei Lee does the Jillies. He was oh like, yes, he was like uh, ghost chefing. Ghost chefing. Like I like that. Like, no, yeah. I, I got the reference. Yeah, yeah. For, for the people listening. He was just going for he. I think he did it for the free lap dances, though. So yeah, because yeah. he needed them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This has been a stressful couple of years for Cersei. Yeah. It's almost like Woody Allen and Jeff Goldblum playing a jazz night right. once a week. So you need Lee, that release. Yeah, you need that. Literally, you need that, that release. release. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, Cersei couldn't keep things in. Cersei, uh, please don't hate us for these comments. We we <laughs> you're like you're the best. We like you're you. the best. Uh, I hear his new. New restaurant is great. Someone was telling me the well, like new... Bent. Is that what it's That's called? the one his sons are are trying out. Oh yeah, is that on Dundas? Dundas, I think, close to Ossington. Let's get more local here on this podcast. Here, yeah, kind seriously. of like pinpoint exact this international podcast, internationally renowned. Um, so yeah, that's um, but 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 bu- no, yeah. So rulers, rulers are going strong. Actually, they just did a fringe show and and, and everything like that. So um, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any re- you want to talk about why you're not there anymore? Um, I got just, married too many times. I got married too like, many times. Get out of here! Yeah, so why I do you kept, have to get married every time we have a rehearsal? I kept taking, yeah, I kept taking shows off together. Well, I mean, part of it was was um, being uh, not so much married as uh, as as a father now. So uh, I. Uh, just the time, the time commitment, and 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 that sort of thing. I do kid shout outs. Yeah, yeah. So are we going to shout out my kid? Yeah, shout out your kid. Yeah, Esme, Esme Beer, Esme Beer. Shout out to Esme Beer. Yeah, uh, that's a girl's name. She's really into uh, Yo Gabba Gabba. Right. At pretty much at the cost of everything else, she doesn't care about anything that's else. That's good though. I mean, it's a little trippy. That kind of stuff. It's very it's, trippy. It's, I I, I was trippy. thinking that she wasn't going to get into it just because it was so. And also, like, like you're like, oh, here's a kid show that has like MGMT shows up and like yeah. Weird Al, <laughs> yeah, and um, <laughs> MGMT, yeah, no you're like, way. well, what, what, what? How current is this Yo Gabba Gabba? They're like really keeping mo- keeping it contemporary. Yeah, yeah, they have um, and um, what's his name? Um, Anthony Bourdain uh, is on there. Uh, he's Doctor Tony. Uh, he's like a doctor. What's the connection? Like, and you're like, what, for the adults? Yeah, right? you're like, Still. what kid is like? Oh, great! There's Anthony Bourdain. I love no reservations. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Tony or Doctor Tony. Doctor Tony. Doctor Tony. And that's such a dirtbag thing for him because he's you ever like listen to him like or like read any of his books i i've, I've never read one of his books he's a dirtbag like in a good way like mm-hmm. like i would like to be called like an old man like he, right. he's really grown into like his like rock stardom but like he's really just like 
he's a dude's dude, you yeah. know? Like, he knows how to talk about food and women and sex and drugs and, and rock and roll and kids shows where he plays Dr. Tony. Dr. Tony, Which is, yeah. like, such a left-field move for him. Yeah, exactly. His agent's yeah. like, listen, you know, CNN wants you because Yo Gabba, Yo Gabba, Gabba. Dr. Tony. Maybe he has kids. He must have kids. Does he have kids? Maybe that's why. Maybe I don't that's think why. he's got kids. I do not. I know he's, he's... He's flying around the world eating various pork bellies all the time. I think he's time. one of those guys that's like, I don't want kids. He's got... His wife is, like, an MMA fighter what i had no idea and she eats nothing but protein all the time she's like very toned very good shape extremely like muscular in a a very good way and uh yeah he talks about how his wife pretty much eats nothing but chicken (laughs) right right like and he is lazy and doesn't want to necessarily cook that he will i'm sure but he wants to go eat like chicken hearts right gizzards and stuff and she pretty much has to eat a very plain how is he not i guess this is the question for a lot of these a thousand pounds massively fat yeah I always said that, especially because of my affinity for the food industry, and 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 I like to think I'm I'm connected. Um, every time I go out, and like there was actually a time where I was working for this this food company that we did private events for like higher end kind of clientele, mm-hmm. and um, I spent a lot of my time kind of account managing the restaurants that we were connected to. So I would walk into all these restaurants and you'd get like a five course meal and a cheese plate and a bottle of wine and, you know, like, thank God I didn't have to pay for it because... The only thing that I did have to pay for was my waistline. <laughs> no, but seriously, I was working – like, at first, it's like I was, like, taking all these pictures and doing all their social media and be like, this is going to go in me. And it would be, like, a cheese table the size of, you know, a, an entire dining right. hall. Right, yeah. And I would literally eat until I was stuffed to the gills. And, I, and I'm I'm more into the gym now than I was – I was going through waves and stuff. But then I was more, like, inclined to be like, listen, I'm going to be a fat ass. I might as well, you know, rep <laughs> – the 40 waist pants and shit. But seriously, you have to think about these guys are doing it every week. Yeah. Sometimes they'll go for like two months, three months straight. Do you ever see that show, Man vs. Food? Yeah, yeah. So that guy, he's a Jewish guy such as myself, you know, like a big soft dick, they call him. Like like kind of rounded. And, you know, he was like little ski, like walking these little toothpick legs and he was like all upper body. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he, looked, he looked unhealthy by the end of, right, by the end of things. Yeah. Right. And he was yeah. doing crazy challenges. Yeah, 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 like stupid, yeah. stupid stuff. And people would always ask him, so like, well, how are you not dead? Yeah. How are you not triple the size? And, he, and his... His response would always be like, oh, I do a, uh, an hour of cardio every day. And I mean, like, in the back of my head, I'm just saying, you do an hour of cardio day, every day to still look like a piece of shit? <laughs> yeah, he's just sort of keeping things at bay. Because I, I I remember when that when that show started, that, that was the line on him. It was like, look at this guy. Like, he eats insane amounts of food. And he's like, he looks pretty good. And then after it went on for a couple of seasons, you're like, well, okay, this is, it's, taking, it's, taking, <laughs> no, it's, it's taking its toll. I love how people are like, he looks pretty good. For an American. <laughs> I was like, what does that even mean? The yeah. guy's fucking eating six pounds of ice cream every right. other show. <laughs> the guy looks terrible. And then especially halfway through some of the the challenges, he's just got – he's white. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I love how sometimes he'd be like strategic and he'd be like, look, this is how a fat ass puts down five pounds of pancakes. Bring me some coffee and bacon. Let's change it up a bit. <laughs> People are like, yeah, coffee and bacon. This guy's going to eat pancakes. Yeah. So American. Right. Like, where yeah. could that exist? But but in America. But yeah. did you hear that then you, – you see, Paul, you got me talking about food shows now. Um 
he started doing a show where he wasn't doing the eating anymore. Oh, where yeah. he would get people would call in and be like, I'm the best eater in my city. There's oh, this like okay. there's this pizza place that has like the hottest pizza, I bet I can eat it in less than ten minutes. And then there, I guess like the the food network or whatever network he was on I think it was uh travel network or something. Like Adam, you're gonna die soon. So <laughs> we're gonna get a bunch of people from local cities. We're gonna die anyway. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna who, massively who, fat yeah. locals. Let's just put them in your place, and then you cheer them on. You coach them, right? So it almost became an extreme sport. And then he got fired, didn't he? Didn't he get fired recently? Okay, so for I, racial uh, slurs or something like first that. Of all, Am I, I thought, making that up? No, 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 not racial. Um, first of all, when you said fired, I thought you said finer, like he got thinner. Man, like he got I'm like, fine. He, got fine. he shed a few pounds when he stopped eating like right, a truck yeah, just, every day. He, uh, outsourced the in this next club. challenge. Yeah, he just outsourced the gluttony. In this next challenge, I'm going to eat 20 light bulbs. Watch <laughs> me, guys. Like that, that's like the Jim Rose version. Anyway, um, he – I don't know if it was about racism, but I think no, it was about healthy right. eating and about how he he just basically told people to shut the fuck up because he knows what he's doing or the way he's doing something is because of this and that. He, he was just being pretentious for no reason. He just took a backlash at people. I don't even remember the what. I don't think it was racist. No, I, I, I think I'm wrong about that. But I think – I feel like there was something that he said and he got he got dropped, didn't he? Didn't he get dropped? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like he, they, they basically um, – it was – a f- I think it was a food show, but um, it was a little bit more. As you said, it was him documentary him. style or whatever it was. Okay, so here's here's the thing we're we're talking about this now. We know something happened to him, but we don't know the details. Like this is the weird world of of like scandal or outrage or whatever that that, that we live in now. Like we all know something happened. And it's and it's recently, like this is the past couple of months, and they've kind of it's kind of fallen from collective memory like i'm sure there's somebody out there who knows exactly what happened the worst part is i think the show was fully shot yeah and edited and then, and then he, one did, he did something on instagram. on instagram or something okay so here it is yeah uh he he lost weight oh okay like a dramatic weight loss <laughs> yeah again because he wasn't eating uh right and then was eating a calzone every hour he was talking somebody he posted a picture of his skinny self with the hashtag Thinspiration. Oh, that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there was women who were like, this is not the right way to kind of promote, right. you know, the lack of thigh gap or, yeah. you know, bikini bottoms or whatever. Anyway, he responded by informing them that he didn't give a fuck. He called one, and I quote, a fool and a cunt, uh-huh. telling another to grab a razor blade and draw a bath. <laughs> Holy shit. Where yeah. do you get off, Adam Richman? Yeah, First of all, how do you not know that's not going to flush your entire career, career down, down the, toilet. the toilet Yeah, in one yeah. fell swoop? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how... The only thing worse would to be if that woman just like Instagrammed a picture of her in her bathtub. bathtub. Oh, my God. Man, oh, man. He would have been... Uh... Yeah. I mean... That... You know what they would have done for his punishment? 
They would have made him eat like 10 pounds worth of steak. Right. Yeah. Be like, you're back. You're back. You're like, now you you can't work out. No more thin No more hour of cardio. You have yeah. to eat. <laughs> this is the rule. You have to come back and do man versus food. It's like seven. But you're not allowed. It's like <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what this is based off yeah. of. Kevin Spacey is like, calls him up in his house of cards voice. And he says, Adam Richman. That's my, that's my <laughs> Kevin Spacey. That's like my Alan Francis. Rickman. <laughs> this, uh, that was actually my Alan Rickman. Uh, yeah. You watching TV? Uh, yeah. I watch uh, TV uh, mostly Yo Gabba Gabba. Uh, watch <laughs> yeah. a lot of secondhand Yo Gabba Gabba. How many seasons of Yo Gabba Gabba exist? Well, um, is it on Netflix? It's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. So we, there are two seasons on Netflix. There are more presumably out there. But um, we've now run through that those two seasons a couple of times. Yeah, how many times do you think you've watched them? Well, she'll get favorite episodes, um, even though she, she knows favorite episodes already. Yeah, she'll how be like she? two. She's a little over two. Okay, so she'll be like, <laughs> I can sound like a terrible parent. She watches a lot of TV. Uh, <laughs> it's the so, that's the way it is. So, so she'll have like a favorite. Yeah, she'll have like a favorite episode, and she'll just want to watch that, which is over and over again. Uh, MGMT oh, is it with, with Doctor Tony? No, it's the one where they they make a train. The ga- the gang gets together and makes a train. I'm trying to think of the special guests. I want to say the special guest is either Rachel Dratch who shows up or um, Muhammad Ali's daughter. This is how strange the show yeah, is. This is bizarre. The, it, it, it's it's who are these agents that are letting these people go on to this show? And it's it's just like let's spin the wheel and like what random right. person is going to show up? Who's in the building today? Yeah, it's oh, it's Muhammad Ali's daughter. It's Layla Ali, <laughs> and then it's like here it is. Shout out to Layla. Shout out to Layla Ali. Um, I think I think that's who's on it. Anyway, so uh, but other than that, um, eagerly awaiting the return of Mad Men. Sure, me too. Um, uh, I don't watch Game of Thrones Me or neither. anything like that. I like how we can mention that we don't talk about it. Yeah, I. I it seems really intense. People love it. People go nuts about it. I'm not it. a fantasy guy. I'm not a, as I call it, orcs and dwarf shit. I don't, orcs and dwarf shit. I, I dig that. I don't give a shit about that orcs and dwarf no. shit. That being said, it's probably. I can't remember who the comedian show. was, but somebody on my Facebook, um, it might even have been Jim Gaffigan, or it could even have been Pat Thornton. I can't remember who it was, but they they wrote a joke about. Led Zeppelin songs are just spoilers for <laughs> The Hobbit. It's like, don't listen to Led Zeppelin if you want to read the next Hobbit. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. I thought yeah. that was pretty clever. Lyrics about M- Mordor and stuff like that. Right. And I'm a huge Zeppelin fan, but I don't listen to the lyrics half the time. And you can't. Like, there's no way. No, like, the lyrics are pretty... Um either pretentious on that side of the... Um, on, like, the fantasy kind of stuff or just or just gibberish. So TV, we got covered. Madman, awesome writing. Even though you know it's kind of predictable, sometimes you want to see him fail, you want to see him achieve greatness, but you also want to just see everybody do the exact opposite, and then it's predictable that it's it's not going to happen. Yeah. What 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 I like about Madman is that it's not as much as I liked Breaking Bad, for instance, my favorite show. I loved I loved Breaking Bad, and that was a show that I got into. My wife and I got into kind of late, and then ripped just ripped through it on Netflix, and then had to. Had to procure the. <laughs> I think this is when the final season was was still in 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 progress. Um, so we had to we had to, to catch up. Catch up. We were like, oh, we can't wait. We can't wait for this the 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 rest of this to show up. Um, so as much as I loved Breaking Bad, the thing I like about Mad Men is that there's no like there's no like cliffhanger aspect to it. Like there's no like 
what's going to happen? Like, is Don going to die or is he going to go to jail or is he going to like, it's just sort of things sort of play out and it's, there's not that kind of like race to the finish line, which well, is, which is what made Breaking Bad great. But I think it's kind of ruined, not ruining, not that I watch a lot of other TV shows, but it's kind of affects other TV shows. Um, because this is a grand theory that I have. Um, we, we just finished watching Orange is the New Black, which I really like. I do too. I really like it. The, the, the thing that, the thing that bothered me though is that there was like, um, there was like a, a breaking bad almost kind of overarching plot that they, I felt that they had. So like every episode had to end with somebody being like, being found where they're not supposed to be found or like, so like there was some sort of, it's like a story about women's prison. Uh, and, and the life in a women's prison, but there was also this kind of, um, every episode had to end with kind of a cliffhanger. Well, that's just like the appeal to, it's funny because that's the appeal for shows that aren't on Netflix before the Netflix model existed. You would have to be cliff hung, if you will, to go back next week to watch it right away. Right. But right now with all these shows, just like House of Cards and, and Orange is the New House of Cards is the same, is the same way though. Like House of Cards is like... There's always something, there's always something like right at the end where right. you're like, I got to watch the next one. And because it's Netflix, you'd be like, well, I can do well, that. Well, that's just it. With the Netflix model now, they know that the cliffhanger means you're just going to be there and until the whole thing's done. Yeah, exactly. And now I watch it on Apple TV. Now they've got some sort of update on the Netflix thing where you don't have to do anything. Right. The no, next no, one that's just the starts, worst. The next one just starts When playing. my Netflix asks me if I'm still there, <laughs> are you still watching? It's like, yeah, what do you mean? Where have I fucking gone? Like, am I, like, do I have a job? No. Yeah, that's that's like, the best. It's like, am I working you, today? Have no. you died? Yeah, that's yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah. That is probably the 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 most hated thing about Netflix because it's like at the moment where you know it's going to happen, you're like, is this the episode where it's going to tell me my? Oh, I yeah. gotta go reach for the controller. Yeah, now. the life the, the life check. The yeah, it's like a social worker checking in on you. But I also think like um, the the predictability of Mad Men is what's enjoyable about it. Like it doesn't hang cliff you, cliff yeah. hang you because you kind of want it to fully circle and, and finish up and you're like oh is Don Draper gonna have sex with this woman and not his wife like you know the answer already <laughs> yeah. so they, they don't like beat around the bush right, right? Yeah. So yeah. with Breaking with Breaking Bad and House more, of Cards Breaking Bad and House of Cards are much more plot sort of driven right and right? there's so much more going on Mad Men's a lot going on but there's yeah. so much more going on especially in House of Cards yeah especially yeah. in the second season I just started the second season it's just like whoa like I, I, have you just started brain. it it's yeah. good it's good it's um I I really enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it more than more than some people, but it's um it's it it, it gets kind of broad and cartoon kind of in in a good way. It gets like operatic. You know what I mean? Like in the way that it's uh it crescendos. Yeah. yeah. Like things happen it, when it, things happen, everything's happening at the same time. Right, like yeah. so much shit is happening at the yeah. same time. It's like a it's like a Tarantino movie almost. Right. Yeah. It, like it's kind of dropped. Lines. It's kind of dropped the um here's a peek inside the inner workings of uh of um uh, the White Washington House, or yeah. whatever, like the back. The, you Do you know. really believe that, though? Well, like I, I don't think that it was. I, I have no idea how realistic it was. Does Barack Obama seem that naive? Well, of a okay. President? First of all, the president on that show is the biggest. Like, how did this guy get elected? <laughs> yeah. How did he seem to be those easily manipulated human being in the world? But like, it works in that sense. You're like, okay, well, we have this 
character, this president character we know is so easily manipulated. You're like, what's what's uh, Frank going to do? Like, what's he going to – But I think he has to be kind of mild-mannered because the show's not about him. Yeah, exactly. So I guess they kind of have to play him down a yeah. bit to, you know, show the rest of the goings-on of the White yeah, House. Yeah, and it's and it's supposed to be like, he, like Frank's the real power. In the, you know yeah. what my issue is with that show? What's that? Where's the dog in the Oval Office? Isn't that supposed to be like a like a thing for a president? Like they have, have a to dog. have like a dog in the Oval Office. Fair enough. Obama's got a dog, right? right? They all like because that's a thing. Like every president, they yeah, get a dog, dog and it's around. Like I don't. There, there should be a scene of that dummy president just sitting in his chair, being like, "What do you think? What do you think, Banjo?" <laughs> What well, do you think? You're always, you're always good, huh? You well, stick by me, Banjo. I always joke that the dog in the first scene of the very first episode that gets hit by a car was actually the dog that was supposed to be the president's right, dog. Right, yeah. And then, yeah, there should be a whole uh, – they should just a whole episode Spoiler about alert. Dog. A yeah, dog first, dies the, in the, the first, first scene. Second Somebody of died. the first show. That's right. Yeah, yeah, they should do a whole flashback episode of that dog. Yeah, I bet see, I bet that dog's gonna play a real big character in the in the third episode. In the third, yeah. in, the pre, in the third season, the prequel of. Uh, hey, have you got? I, this is this is no spoiler. Have you got to Cashew yet in the second season? No. Okay. <laughs> I've just where I am in the second season. What 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 episode are you up to? So I don't know if I'm I'm just under halfway. So this new woman who's taken over Frank's role is yes. like pushing a lot of people and. Um, okay. Cashew, have you seen the hacker guy? The hacker guy? Who so, yeah, up? the hacker guy with the, the guinea pig. The, Cashew is the guinea pig. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that I, I'm into. I like how, um, you know, like they're really incorporating Zoe Barnes, who was the journalist covering Frank and her now ex-lover and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. I love how that storyline carried on and the CIA or the FBI is always a part of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many storylines that... Like Tarantino-esque, like they all have something to do with each other, but they're kind of all on different paths. It's it's quite enjoyable for that. Sometimes the second season I find gets a little bit dialogue heavy, yeah. like a little bit too drawn out for me. My ultimate dream though, which House of Cards inspires me, um, I really want like a Freddy's of my own, like this barbecue <laughs> joint that yeah. I can just go on where this like old black guy is like serving me the best ribs and, and you know. At, at what appears to be like seven o'clock in the morning too. Well, like you rolls the in there and gets want. those That's gets the those thing. Ribs. You're Frank yeah. Underwood. You're calling Freddy. Freddy for the best ribs in the world. Eating those, eating those ribs. Yeah. I love ribs. You a food guy at all? I, I like eating. I enjoy eating. Yeah. If that's, if that's what you mean. I don't go out to eat as much anymore. You have a child. I have a child. You, yeah. You cooking for this baby or? Like eat. I'm I'm cooking. I'm cooking. Um, is she eating limited. like solids? Oh yet? yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't so, know anything about children. Fair enough. I just know you have to ask that. If they're are they eating, eating solids, solids yet? Yeah, yeah. Are they on the sweet things yet? Oh, she loves like ice cream and stuff like that. We try to we try to keep that. We try to keep that too. Yeah, but, uh, I, I, I've always said that I'm, I'm gonna. My kids are never gonna have chocolate until they're like thirty. That's probably wise. They're just not gonna know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Until they go to their friend's houses and gorge. Well, that's it. What is this, a cookie? Yeah, exactly. That famous Simpsons quote, my favorite, is when uh, Rod and Todd, they're all camping or picnicking with the Simpsons, and Rod and Todd are like, so there's no sugar in Pixie Sticks? <laughs> like, that's like the ultimate, like, yeah. kid who's been totally sheltered for their entire yeah, childhood. My, my, my wife has a friend who's got, who's got a couple of kids, and she... 
the the when one of them was really little, she was like, "Mommy, can I have a cookie?" She's like, "Okay, we'll have a cookie." And we're like, "Wow, kids eating, you know, like because she's pretty health conscious." Anyway, they were rice crackers, and she's like, "I've she's told, calling them cookies." She's like, "I've told the kids that those are cookies," and I was like, "You just wait until that betrayal becomes right, clear," and she, right. the kid would be like. I've been eating these. So, you know, you hear about cookies, you hear about cookie monster, you hear about all these kind of like cookies are great. And then this kid's has been eating these fucking rice crackers for the first uh, six years of his life or whatever. And then he's going to come home and he's going to be like, mama, what, what's been happening here? Like what else have you <laughs> yeah, been what else? About? Uh, yeah. You mean uh, hot dogs are not carrots? Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh my like, God. This, this whole uh, house of cards bringing it back. Is you need to have this, down. you need to have this come, this person come and talk to me because I need to know what it's like when I, deprive my children of chocolate for that yeah, long for and what 30 to do. years yeah what to do after when they turn 30 you just have to be like it just it just got invented chocolate just got invented yeah. like what what, what, oh, you, what you were having genius. what you were having before what you were having before was like the early version make sure of they have no internet access till they're 30 yeah that's and a given then, yeah, yeah um, totally isolate 30. them in the i also basement. like the way your kids are like very much under your thumb until 30 years old <laughs> like they're staying at home listen uh, i i rule with an iron fist paul yeah as you you gotta with these kids today so are you what are you are you cooking food and like you have to like puree it for the baby like, no no she she's got teeth and everything does, like does she, your child uh, have teeth? she's got a whole set yeah, of again i've not i know nothing about children or animals i'm very very not versed in so uh what we'll often do i can't believe i'm talking about this uh i love kids from a distance i love enough. other people's kids we'll eat we'll have what we're eating my wife and i and then we'll prepare a small uh, easily chewable version of that, a cut up version of that for her. So, for example, tonight, um, we had some Indian, f- leftover Indian okay. food. Wow, that's kind of ethnic. Very easy, very easy to, very easy to eat for a yeah, child. A lot of sure. sauces, you know, rice. From where? Can we give a shout out to the place? Uh, this was takeout that a friend brought over last night. This is leftovers from Banjara. Oh, on, yeah. Uh, on uh, Blue Christie. Christi, yeah. That's a great place. I wish I was eating Banjara. Banjara, it's good stuff. My parents are totally British Jews. Yeah. Who love lack of spice and boiled chicken. <laughs> they love it. They're like, oh, this is spicy. What is that? Garlic? Did you put a tomato <laughs> in there? What exotic spice is this? No, but seriously. Here's my, here's my question. Is it just because it's an island that England has has not has has a not much of a cuisine? Well, I mean, my, they do my, have my Indian wife, food. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They've got that influence of of, of Indian food, and you go there, and it's all. Um, but if you ever have British food, it's like blood sausage, meat pies. It's very bland. It's very like there's hearty no kind of comfort food. That, but that's it. Like, there's no like nice. Ver- I mean, I guess now chefs make a nice version of that. Like, you can go to places that have nice scotch eggs or whatever but uh it's like <laughs> way to pull that one out Paul. it's like uh <laughs> scotch eggs scotch you know like artisanal scotch i once made eggs a scotch egg with friends out of crushed up doritos oh, Jesus. Yeah. and then we deep fry yeah. yeah. a hard-boiled egg mm-hmm. let me ask you this were you high when you were doing that i mean like you know the answer yeah. to that yeah. question yeah. before you're asking it i remember i once made like a chicken skin this is so gross <laughs> I was I was high, 
and I made like a chicken. I made like a like a grilled cheese sandwich with like chicken. Like I had like a roast chicken. I'm and into I was, it. That's I, great. I had like a roast, You're like I don't want any of the chicken. And I, was and like, I just want the skin. This is gonna be good, but I was like, this would be even better. If I just put a piece of chicken skin in my grilled yeah, cheese sandwich. Totally. Okay, you want to hear a good stoner tip for chill, grilled cheese sandwich? First of all, is this like Doug Benson's like getting high podcast? Yeah, getting just, food with wait, high. <laughs> getting high with food. Getting food with high. Um. Trick I just learned. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Revestaurant. He's a YouTube sensation. And by sensation, I'm like one of the 1,000 people that watches him every time he posts to Reddit. Fair enough. Love him. I think he was him that did it. I, don't, I hope I'm not giving it to the wrong person. Pretty sure it was him. Um, he was making grilled cheese. Now, the trick of any good stoner grilled cheese, make sure the, tre- the cheese is pre-shredded. Oh, okay. Yeah, because knives and stoners. Sure, fair enough. Yeah, like yeah. Don't, don't, don't make it happen if you don't have to. Um, once he's done grilling one side, he takes that side when you flip it and the other side's ready to be flipped again. I don't know why the the idea is you double flip it, but the second time you flip it, you actually take extra cheese and you put it on top Uh. of the outer side of the bread. And then you put, and then you put that side back onto the pan and then that cheese, the exterior cheese, the exposed cheese gets crispy, crispy, crispy But it doesn't just like stick to the pan. I guess you have to have it heavily greased. Yeah. You have a good butter action going on. Yeah. Totally. So now that you have a child. Yeah. Has your stoner privileges been revoked? Pretty much. Right. Yeah. That's when I feel like all my friends have been. uh, I I wasn't smoking a whole lot of No, but like late night when you're working with your comedy buddies or whatever, you could consider it. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's 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 pretty. Uh, so any any when if if there's some sort of opportunity like window that presents itself, like my wife is away with the kid or whatever, it's just it's. Uh, do you, it's like, do you it's are you a like treat. a kid in a candy store? Like do you every time that happens, you're like, oh my, what am I, am I going to drink tonight? Am I am I going to go eat food? That a little I can't bit. Eat? A little bit. Like little are you bit. like a child like that? Uh, I yeah, uh, a, a, a little bit. Do I call the guys over? Like we're going to smoke cigars, play you know cards, <laughs> yeah. And stuff? A li- yeah. There, 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 there's a little bit of that, and I'm going to host an illegal bit. gambling ring in my basement for. Uh, 48 hours <laughs> the guy that i the guy that uh, uh rich sibley's who i uh, started doing pitchcast with he, he's my high school friend and him and another high school friend of mine at one point this is a right right around the ta- time that that my daughter was born um moved in i want to say like two blocks away from me like right r- right close by and so i would use them as like I would I would roll in there and I'd be like I got I got like a free I got a free night or I got like a you know like what what are we doing like what what's happening and I think they came to resent me using them as some sort of like single guy like Outlet. theme theme park where I would go there <laughs> or I would be like like you guys like you guys up now like, and they're like well you know we got some stuff we wanted to do or like I was gonna do some laundry and I was like no no I'm coming like I'm coming over like I'm gonna play. Uh, I want to play um, Grand Theft Auto or whatever. While you watch me, while you fold your I was laundry. like, you do whatever. Like, you just do whatever. I'm going to be getting drunk and playing. Yeah, because, uh, like, you leave your house because your house has no beer, probably, no weed, no, yeah, you know, yeah. you just got to, you just got to, because that's temptation right there and you have more important priorities. <laughs> right. There's also the nightmare scenario of, the baby uh, getting the baby, into like it. eating a mouthful of weed. Is that a nightmare scenario, or is that a, is that, is really, that a recipe? It's for It's very for fun? illogical. <laughs> is that recipe for is fun? That a recipe. For, it's like when you were a kid. I, I hate. I, I, I throw this right now. Uh, I hate pets. Yeah. Like I just 
think they get in the way. They're they always kind of stink, and they're just too much of a. Did, did, did you have a pet growing up? No, uh, I think that's part of it too. Yeah. I, I I never really had a pet growing up either. But like all my friends who you know when we were young and you'd watch stupid movies and you get high and you have a sure. dog there, you want to get that get dog. that dog high. So like in in a sense, it's inhumane. But uh, it's pretty benign on the list of inhumane things you can do is like blowing weed smoke in a dog's face. Like that's yeah. I mean, of course, the dog is not consenting to getting right. high. But, what's the, but I feel like, like there's also like overdose. I've also sat in many basements like hot box where the dog had no choice but to be hot. Dog because, was just there. Yeah, the dog's just there. And then the dog develops a dependency on it. Or the dog literally gets the munchies. Right, true. No, I mean, it's like, it's kind of scary. The, the the chemistry has to work the same, right? Right. We're all mammals here, so exactly. the dog wants to eat. So and, then it's kibble, I, I, and then it's kibbles and bits for all, for all night. I imagine a young child getting into your weed would, would probably have the same effect. Yeah, she eats like she's got the munchies anyway, but um, yeah. Are, my you, f- are you raising a little porker? She's she's a big she's a big child. That's cute. She, she was... Um, she was big, f- she was big when she babies. was born. Yeah. I want to I feed babies that aren't mine. Yeah. That's – um. yeah. You could do that if you became a nanny, uh, a nanny or something. That's that's a big part of the job. A, a manny, <laughs> a if manny. you will. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, the adding the the man to – Well, when we negotiate my contract with, with feeding your daughter, we, we'll, we'll come consider. Come on by. Make, yeah. some, make some of these grilled cheeses. As long as – yeah, and banjara. She'll lose her fucking mind. Yeah. She, cheese is her number one thing that she loves to eat. Well, it's everyone's number one Yeah, thing. true. Fair enough. That's not a – that's not that shouldn't be a weird thing. Isn't cheese the best? Well, like – Even like shitty cheese I really – oh, yeah. That's just it, right? Like if I go to, to – I do my grocery shopping at Walmart. Shout out to Walmart. <laughs> Walmart. I'm always grabbing like that no-name brand, you know, like old cheddar. I got to get the old cheddar because like that's going to taste any different than the, the regular cheddar. They're selling right. for the exact yeah. same price that they just colored differently. Exactly. Or, yeah. I get the baby bells. But then oh, I'll go like good. I'll – what's that? You those like those? Yeah, bells, yeah, yeah. I get the blue, the light ones now mm-hmm. because the red ones are just like, you know, got to watch my <laughs> hourglass figure. Um, I really like going to Global Cheese in Kensington though. Yeah. And then pretending I'm throwing a big party. Oh, yeah. And then I'm going to be like, okay, guys, you know, I have about 15 people coming. Can you show me like 18 of your hard cheeses and like 14 of your soft cheeses? And I'll just sit there and they'll just like, you know, this is really good, but I need something really good. Yeah. Like I need something really good. Feed it to me now. And then I walk away with only like $4 worth of cheese. They're like, oh, I thought you had a big party. I'm like, you know what? I really just thought that a smaller amount of cheese for this amount of people would be more appropriate. Yeah. 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 You're like, you know what? Higher quality, less amount. Yeah. You know? guys. And then they're like, don't ever fucking come back yeah. here again. That was a nice one time at Global Cheese. I'm glad. Now Do I you smell like go. cheese when you come out of there? Because I've done that and I've and I've, I've just been smelling cheese on myself. I smell like cheese a Fair lot enough. anyway. Fair I think enough. when I go in there, the people are like, oh, what's that smell? But like seriously, in there, you cannot, you know, like it, the food industry, when you go home to your significant other if they're not working in the same kind of food industry than you they must hate your guts right like yeah. if you're working in a fry truck oh, yeah. all day long yeah. and then you're coming home you're, like i mean even if you shower it's you still are there. smelling like fries well, I, I used to work at a pub in uh, montreal when i lived in montreal and uh as i was a i was a bus boy and uh holy shit those fries like when i first started working there i was like oh god this smells so good right and then now i've i'll still eat a french fry but not with the same appreciation. It's like I've had the fr- I've had my French fries. I've had my right. I've inhaled like literally through like vaporized 
potato bits and and grease i've like inhaled it's now like in my system forever i used to work at a pickle barrel nice shout out to pickle barrel yeah pb what up we're in north where, york north where york my somewhere. jews at yeah north york that's like the official my, my wife's from north york and i always joke that like that's the official food provider of north york like uh bayview and cummer yeah that one the rose room yep i i've I, had bar mitzvahs in there i bet <laughs> not personally <laughs> but other people's bar mitzvahs i didn't host any it's the greatest combination of like yeah, like Jewish families and like Korean families. Yeah, <laughs> no, well, that's the that's the area. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the best of the two groups that complain the most about food. Fair enough. So yeah. Pickle Barrel yeah. must high high maintenance. Their staff interviews must be like, so can you eat a piece of shit? Yeah. while people are shitting on you while complaining right. about how awful the shit yeah. food is. What's your limit? That's yeah. they just need to know. Like That's where, where where's your breaking point? Can you make minimum wage while people hate your guts, <laughs> hate the food that they're eating, and still expect to be treated of the utmost caliber? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um so so what what did you do at Pickle I was a, I was a host, oh, okay. if you will. A, a, a host of the most. I would uh, get yelled at by servers because I would slam them by accident. I was pretty lackadaisical and uh, not sober uh, for most of it. <laughs> I would eat so much crap there. Mm-hmm. They had crepolas that go in the soup. Crepolas are like um, kind of like a Jewish dumpling with like oh yeah, like yes. beef in it and yes. go into your soup. I would eat those cold like they were going out of style. <laughs> I used to eat soft serve. Uh, so many French fries again. The menu is the menu is preposterous at, yeah. at Pickle like, Barrel. How, how can you be the, a chef there? They hand you like four menus when you sit down. It's every, true. Every, yeah, it's true. It's a, it's a heavy reading. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of yeah. You just got to tuck uh, and into they, it. I think the the best thing lately was. We had a bad experience. Somebody just didn't get the food right or whatever. They're like, oh, don't worry. We'll take it off the bill and we'll bring you complimentary dessert. And they had these like shooters. Oh, yes. I've these, seen like, those. Yes. These dessert shooters. And they brought them all to the table. And they were like one bite. We all like had a couple bites. And they were like, this is the grossest thing ever. <laughs> so not only are they trying to like, Off, you know. Yeah. They're, they're trying to placate you right? somehow. It was just so bad it was like a funny joke yeah it was we were all just like laughing like why are we eating this why can we just leave and not right. have to have our like wounds licked no but you you eat you ate it right you ate that of you course ate that i scraped thing. that shit clean yeah, with every bite it complained about it i listen i know the people there because i am the people <laughs> that go there you're like this was terrible but i had this server that every time i would reach for french fries or bacon there because they would all sit under like the hot lamps or whatever she'd always be like a minute on the lips a lifetime on the hips like not even once not even twice. Yeah. But like every hour on the hour, she'd watch me go like, listen, I was a husky kid. Right. No doubt about it. And she wasn't in like peak physical shape. I think she just like caught the gym bug or something. So she just wanted to everybody to know how much she was hated. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. By, how uh, righteous, you how know, righteous she was. People, people are like, hey, do you know how awesome that I'm not going to say her name, but you know, let's call her Denise. Denise. So, uh, did Denise say her famous line to you again? What do you mean, a minute on, on the lips, lifetime on the hips? We're like, no, 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 that's not the one. What do you mean that's not the one? What was it? No, it was a, it was a minute on the hips, a lifetime. Uh, 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 <laughs> so I was just like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> like, that's all she would say to everybody. Yeah. yeah. In the meantime, I bet she's going home and like chugging back a six pack. We don't know like, what she's doing yeah, when she goes home. Just you, eating, Denise. Yeah. Eating Nutella right She probably died of a heart attack. Right, yeah. She was high. She was covering up for a while. Yeah, I I grew up in Mississauga and I had – I joked that I'd never even heard of Pickle Barrel until my wife met her family and like – 
that's the that's like did the, you meet her did they take you to pick up her for like your first meal all together have you uh, joke all no. kidding aside have you been with her family to a pick up oh girl? yeah oh yeah yeah i have is yeah, she jewish yeah no she's not no she's just a north yorkian north yorkian yeah so catholic uh catholic family interesting uh, i didn't know uh, that like, non-jews ate we're, we're at allowed there, yeah i didn't know yeah. that we're allowed in. No, yeah. We're so. allowed in. I, I'm pretty sure that the, the blandest people love that food. So that's why I only assume mostly Jews would go there. Well, it's like, uh, what are you talking about? Jewish food is, I mean. It's really? A, again, Please it's like, enlighten me. Well, it's like it's like what we were talking about. It's like, you know, comfort food. It's it's delicious. I love Jewish food. Tell me, what's your favorite Jewish food? Off the top of your head. You don't have to patronize that you don't remember anything uh, I I I love a good just smoked meat count. Okay, all right, totally, like, like, absolutely uh, deli. Yeah, yeah, like deli de- deli food. Um, but deli doesn't exist in Toronto. You have to go to North York to get it. Really? Where, where's your where, where's your where's your jam for? If it's for still s- around, and this is cassis? this is a shout out. No, <laughs> that's like the commercialized version. Right. I'm sure it's good. Um, I personally used to like this place in North York called Wolfie's, which I don't know if it exists Oh, yes. I've, uh, I've, I've heard of Wolfie's, but I've n- I, I never went there. That's an institution. Um, like, I mean, if I had to choose between Center Street Deli, which is pretty much the most pretentious Thornhill deli place, and everywhere else, I'd probably choose Center Street Deli just because yeah. they do it right and it's expensive and you're paying for what you're getting. Well, but- what, what's your feeling on Kaplansky's? Is, right. it a, is it a po- is it a poser? Is it no, a poser? No, no. It's definitely contemporary. And Zane, who's a friend of mine, yeah. I absolutely respect what he's doing, and I have a lot of appreciation. But it's it's more of a restaurant right. than I would no, call no, it. Then it deli. is a straight deli. Yeah, right. I, I I agree. I, so I, I, I like their the I like their smoked meat. Their smoked meat is good. It's got that right kind of balance of. Um, I'm I'm, I'm benchmarking it against uh, Schwartz's in uh, Montreal, but um, it's got that right balance of like it's somehow moist and yet dry at the same time you know what i mean absolutely yeah yeah i guess that's the smoking process it's like the outside gets like a little crispy yeah like you a little call sort of dehydrated bark. somehow bark. bark that's right because yeah. it's like the bark of a tree if you will mm-hmm. paul we can do this forever i want to talk about pitch cast yeah please yeah tell me I, I need to know where i can see it what is it all about so Rich, Rich and I, um, Rich Sibley, who I I, I mentioned previously, um, who I went to high, with whom I went to high school, um, we um, we we would play these various mostly movie related games with each other, um, where we're both big movie fans. And in fact, he went to he went to film school, um, uh, where we would play these uh, like the movie game. Do you ever play the movie game? The movie game the. It, a wonderfully named, <laughs> evocatively named movie game where one person names an actor and the next person names um, a movie that that actor was in. And then the next person has to name another actor from that movie and so so forth and so on. When we were kids, we called it De Niro. Why? Why did you call it De Niro? I don't know. Somebody don't know. told me that's the name of that's this movie game. It. It's called De Niro, so Fair it's enough. stuck. That's better than the movie game. It's called De Niro. Yeah, De Niro. That's like the Beirut beer pong um, uh, controversy. I when 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 beer pong first made its appearance uh, in the zeitgeist, I, I I was told it was called Beirut. Um, <laughs> for whatever reason, I don't know how that I don't know how that came about. Um, I'm Probably go, for the same reason why I was told the movie game was called, called De, Niro. De Niro. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so then um, w- w- we would play this game where we would where we would give each other random selections of actors and. Um, uh, and like genres and we'd say okay it's robert de niro it's helen mirren 
and it's uh it's an erotic thriller. Now I have to say, first of all, erotic thriller comes up often. It's a popular <laughs> it's a popular one because it's so. And then you'd be like, okay, so like what what's that movie? Like what's what's that? Describe that movie. So then you'd be like, okay, so De Niro's got. Uh, yeah, whenever he's married to Helen Mirren and Helen Mirren's having an affair and they're like, okay, well, and, and then, and then it, as it would come up, people would, you'd say, she's having an affair with a student. She's a teacher. She's having an affair with a student. You're like, okay, well, who plays that student? Did you have to, you'd sort of come up with this. And then, um, one day we were like, let's, let's, let's put this, let's record this. And I, I was listening to a lot of, um, different podcasts. Um, and, uh, uh, in particular, um, uh, Doug loves movies, which I like because of there's a structure to it where they play the Leonard Malton game, but then there's just a lot of shit shooting that happens and like lots of um, Doug stuff, Doug stuff, and like you know conversations about movies and stuff like that. And uh, it's sort of loosey goosey, but there's this sort of structure to it. Um, and so, uh, so we started doing it just the two of us in his um, in his living room. This is when he lived two blocks away from me. So the, the, this was part of the escaping the, the house ritual. Oh, really? Um, would be like, uh, let's like, I'm going to go, I got to go record another, uh, uh, pitch cast. We called it pitch cast, um, stupidly because there, there was another podcast called pitch cast, which is now defunct. It's been defunct for years, but, uh, uh, it's still, it's You've still won. out there. It, well, you know, I think it was defunct before we even started, but it was out in the ether somewhere. The, the fact that we didn't do our due diligence is stupid on our part. Anyway. Um, we just like the name. So, uh, so then we, we came up with strictures. Like at, at first there was no, there was no, uh, f- um, rules or format or so people, we just keep, we just be the two of us going back and forth. Uh, and then f- I think we did a, the, fr- it was the first time we did a live one. So Gary, again, this goes back to Gary at, at comedy bar. They, they, they were hosting, of uh, this is a couple of years ago, the format of, or the festival of new formats at comedy bar, which they do once a year, where it's just, this is such a testament again to Gary, where they, they just try out, you can put in an application. You're like, I've got this idea for a show. Um, and they're like, okay, this is, it's going to be in the festival. And, uh, you just try, you just try it out. Like you just try out this new format, festival of new formats. So I put in, um, uh, pitch cast and I got a bunch of very, very funny people. I got Dan Byrne. Uh, I got Gregory Cochran. I got a couple of other, a couple of other really, really funny hand achievement of another old friend of mine. Um, and, uh, we did a live, we, we did a live version of this and we had to put strictures on it because it would go on forever. So, um, we did five minutes. We said, okay, you have five, you, you get your, your actor, actress, um, or female actor, uh, genre and title. Um, and, uh, uh, you have to come up with what that movie is and you have five minutes to do it. And then like a whole movie in five minutes kind of thing. Well, you, it's the, the idea is that it's supposed to be the pitch, like the elevator pitch right, or whatever. Right, so it's right. supposed to be like, okay, this is a thing. It, what ends up happening is less that and more people just describing this imaginary movie in five minutes. Um, and so you've got, you've got five minutes to do it. So then you, um, and then at the end of it, after everybody goes, the, uh, the audience would vote. Um, as to which one they thought was the best. The winner gets nothing. Uh, it's just the winner just gets a pat on the back. And so That's we. That's Canada for you. Yeah, exactly. So we, so we did this and it, and it, um, and it, it, it sort of got re- uh, refined and then, um, Gary, it, it went, it went well. And then I think we, in the, 
in the meantime, we, we hosted the Oscars at Comedy Bar. Uh, so we did, uh, we did a pitch cast, a live, another live one, um, during the red carpet. Um, I hope I have the timing of this right. And then, and then we watched the, on the big screen, watched the Oscars. And then we started doing a monthly show at, we started doing the show monthly at, that com- would have been at a Comedy lot of Bar. Fun. Yeah. 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 So we started doing the show monthly at Comedy Bar. And again, it would be, and the, 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 the it, it kept, getting tweaked. So at first we would have people like choose, they'd be like, okay, I want one actor, a title and a genre, or I want just like, and it was Dan, Dan Byrne, who actually was the first person to pick all five or all, yeah, whatever it is, uh, four categories. And, um, we, we've since made that the rule is that you have to, you, you, you get a random assortment of these things and people write in with their titles, um, on Twitter or on Facebook. Um, uh, and ironically, the only person who's regularly every month sent in titles to use has been Jeremy. <laughs> it's been Jeremy Woodcock. Uh, he always comes up with great, uh, with great titles. So, uh, yeah, so that's, and, uh, we, we hosted the Oscars again this past, this past year. Awesome. Um, but this time we did the whole, we did the whole thing. So we did, we did like a little pitch cast d- during the red carpet portion. And then we, um, sat in the audience with mics and uh sort of commented throughout throughout the show. Was that successful? It was. It was. It was a lot of fun. Um uh yeah, we had we had people coming in like we had some some of the guys from Tony Ho came and um um uh, uh our friend Allison Davey who earned the title of of the um the Ken Jennings of Pitchcast because she kept winning. And then we we instituted another rule too with the live show that if you won you you came back the next month. So you could you could sort of keep re you could sort of keep uh, defending your defending your title. Paul, this needs to be a game show. Yeah, yeah, that's that was the uh, yeah that was the idea. Anyway, so it all it all kind of um, uh, the, the 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 only problem we were having was like drawing people. Even though it was a monthly show, it was like getting getting people to people to come out. We always blamed the time slot, but uh, part of it too was just our own you know, lack of, lack of, uh, of hustle, but the, the show was always great. The people who always did it, loved it. Um, we always had, uh, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a good run. So we're hoping to, I've, I've been in contact with Gary about doing another, getting it, getting it back up and running again, doing, doing. So right now you're on hiatus. Hiatus. Yeah. We've been doing some, um, in, uh, in so-called studio sessions where we just set up on someone's table. It's just the live stuff that, well, let me be the olive branch. Let me let me help you guys out. I I like your vibe. I really like the comedy guys that you've been working with. I'd like to see what uh, Never Sleeps Network can do for Pitchcast and where can they hear you guys? Give give me some plugs. Give yeah. me some shout outs. The, the, it's all on um it's all on iTunes um uh, Pitchcast on iTunes Pitchcast all one word uh on uh on iTunes uh we're on Twitter at Pitchcast um. I think there's a fa- and a long neglected Facebook fan page as well, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, if you if I, I know some people uh, don't like um, doing uh, the iTunes thing, so it's on Podbean is what we host what we hosted. Yeah, on. and Gary's yeah. been talking to me about this Podbean. It's a little bit too scrip- subscription. Yeah, savvy for for Never Sleeps Network. That's why we're going totally independent. But mm-hmm. I've I've heard lots of great things. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been it's a cost effective um right you know like we just 
pay whatever an annually to to host to host all these all these things on it trust me I, I know what the opposite of cost effectiveness <laughs> is with the never sleeps network but paul you know we, we've reached over the hour i want to thank you so much well thank you no this has been great I'm, this, re I'm really i'm really glad we talked at length about stoner food and uh we touched on a lot of topics <laughs> we should do this again soon absolutely maybe maybe get rich or even jeremy yeah, yeah. to come by and just shoot the shit Especially when um, your baby is doesn't need tending to. <laughs> God, I don't know what she's doing now. To be honest with uh -oh. you, I don't know where she is. You she's know, in a fucking Banjara coma. Yeah, exactly. She's yeah, I'm I'm fighting a Banjara coma myself. But man, that is good stuff. It is. I think mm -hmm. I think we should go back. Let's like right now. Let's take your baby. Let's use it as an excuse. Wake her up. Wake Esme <laughs> up. We're going. All right, Paul. Thank you very much. This is a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Never sleepers. Sleep tight. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 